Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Compassionate, caring, and cuddly. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. It is, uh, it's, it's so disturbing that we uh, live in a country where 40%, I think it's 40%, four of our provinces. Check that out if you want. You can fact check it. I'm going from memory that four of our provinces don't require our students to study Canadian history while they're in high school or while they're in elementary school. And why is that? Somebody's feelings might be hurt because we fought in wars. I know there are teachers and I know there are lefty professors who have no use for the fact that Canada fought in wars. I'll never forget on the uh, on Remembrance Day during a broadcast from the Cenotaph in downtown Hamilton and getting a call from a McMaster University student uh, after 11.30, after the ceremony was over, called me on the air and said, uh, uh, the professor in our class, when 11 o'clock rolled around, just kept on talking. And uh, one student got up and said, professor, it's 11 o'clock, two minutes of silence for Remembrance Day. And the professor said, we don't have time for that stuff. Do it on your own time later. And to the <laughs> great, um, play a great, great tribute to the, uh, to the students because they said, no, we're not going to carry on. We're going to stop and we're going to be quiet for two minutes. And so the professor had to sit down or whatever he did. And uh, he had to participate in two minutes of silence because his students wouldn't do anything else. Ted sends an email to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Roy Vimy Ridge renaming absolutely disgraceful. And that, of course, is in Montreal, where the uh, Vimy Ridge Park is now named after Jacques Palizzo. Alex is in Barrie, Ontario. Alex, thank you for the call, sir. Well, um, yes, I I wanted to let you know that I have an uncle who actually fought at Vimy Ridge. I mean, an uncle of my father's, actually. I am... I'm 64 myself, so uh, I wouldn't have an uncle who fought there. What he, we have some of his letters, and I have some of his testimonies, conversations he had with my father, which my father passed on to me. And uh, the, the letters are not something you want to read. Um, in this day and age, it's, it's, a, it's a description of a very, very bloody and and, and ruthless, and, and, and the brutality of the bombing and the fighting was just something that our kids would not, would not understand. I don't understand it, and I served in the military years ago. Uh, my, 
my father told me that his uncle and two of his buddies who survived the battle would not talk about it. Uh, and that was something that they felt was something to be left alone. They uh, once said to my father that we don't talk about it because we don't like to talk about hell. And that's basically the bottom line with respect to the, that, that military adventure. Now, one thing I would like to add, and I don't want to criticize you, Roy. I kind of enjoy your, com- your, your show. World War I was not a battle of Canadian values. It, it was a battle. It was a war of empires. The Germans at that time were not that different from the Brits and the French and everybody else who fought in it. Uh, World War II was a different matter, but World War I was not a battle of values versus values. It was about territory and control. Yeah, I would phrase it this way, that the soldiers who fought for Canada, and for the first time we had a situation where you had four Canadian divisions fighting together. Yeah. And uh, eventually they would come under the absolute uh, command of uh, General Curry. Canadian general at the at the at the outset of the um, of of Ridge, of course, or, and during the battle they were commanded by a British general, but there had to be there had to be in at your core in the most difficult times, the and, and the times had to be horrendous, and as you point out in the letters that uh, that you find difficult to read from your family member who was there, there had to be a, a tug uh, for your home for Canada for. The, the memories of, of, of your home and, and, what, and what it all meant to you uh, at the time. That's the connection that I'm talking about, the visceral sense of what we have and we're not going to lose it to those guys. Because I think wars were constantly fought with that fundamental approach from the grunt in the front lines. I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, I mean, for the individual soldier, it, going to war is an act of bravery. There, there is no debate about that. There cannot, there cannot be a debate about that. If you have had grenades exploding if, you know, in proximity of your body, you realize what that is. If you fired uh, a rifle at somebody, you, you realize what that is. Uh, but again, World War, World war I, as, as awful as it was, uh, was not a war in which Canada defended its freedom, its values, or anything else. And I'm not trying to diminish in any way, shape, or form the, the contributions made by those who died or, and those who fought. It, it, it was a different time. It was a time of empire, mm. and it was a war among empires. Okay, for the, for, the, for the guys who were wearing the sharp, shiny um, brass buttons, it was about empire. But for the guys on the trenches were covered with mud sure and, were, and, were, and, were, and were dying in huge numbers. I've got to get some more calls on the air, Alex. Uh, they were dying in huge numbers for them. It was about home. Walter is in Hannah, Alberta. Hi, Walter. Hi. Appreciate your call, sir. Yeah, uh, my neighbor, Chris Rawl, was in Vimy Ridge. And the stories that he told, he was um, a young farm boy, and the Army was very exciting, and you got paid for it so he was the camaraderie was so amazing and uh that's what he talked about the most he would never give you any details about what happened there another thing that he commented on was he was very much a horse lover and he hated what happened to the horses in that war right because horses would tow 
big artillery pieces, and horses would be the ones that would also die because they were shelled and they were shot at specifically because they were um, animals of transport, and they would die horribly. I didn't want to really want to talk about that either, but but it's part of the uh, part of the reality of what war was like at that time. That that is so true, and a lot of young men from the prairies. In those days, horses were how they made their living All right. and uh, what they rode, and it was so horrifying for them to see what happened to them yeah. in wartime. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Walter. The... Yeah, okay. Thank, thank you. you, sir. All the best to you. Thank you. And uh, let's talk to Jim. I think, Jim, you're in Alberta? Innisville. Innisville. Hey, Jim, go ahead, please. Innisville, Innisville, Ontario. All right. Thanks yeah, very much grand... for your call. That's okay. Um, I actually have my grandfather's discharge papers from the First World War, and it's a, a ra- rather elaborate scroll that's about 10 by 20. Uh, I've never had it framed, but uh, it's, it's very elaborate. And uh, through there, I was able to track back through the archives, and I don't, I know that in the days just preceding Vimy Ridge, the attack, the ninth, that his battalion was in that area. And I know from from my father, stories that my father told me that uh, I did actually meet my grandfather, but he never talked about uh, talked about the war. Um, but he was injured, and I could tell through his medical records he um, he was buried alive by he had shrapnel a shrapnel wound to his ankle. He was deaf, and he was also uh, gassed with uh, mustard, which was pretty horrific. That would have been horrific, yeah. And and, and mustard gas was used. Fairly extensively at one time, certainly during World War One. Yes, yes, but but he never talked about any yeah. of that. He he had come to Canada just a couple of years before he enlisted. Went over as a young man. I think he was nineteen or twenty. Um, received a disability pension. I have copies of that. Um, the records through the archives are are fairly decent. You can you can track through the daily journals and stuff that they're writing, you know, where they're writing about the number of dead on a particular day or troop movements that are going on, and that's that's how I was able to track. Um, they actually sent me his medical records. So uh, a funny story that I like to tell was that uh, when he was in England, I noticed that he was in the hospital for uh, about a week or a week and a half because he had gonorrhea. <laughs> so you like you like to tell that story? Yes, yes. I, I thought as a young man, he's over there and, uh, you know, getting ready to go to war and right. uh, um, being young men, I guess, throughout having a good time and uh, you never know what's going to happen. Well, I guess not. There certainly were a lot of stories that circulated uh, after each after each of the wars, but there was also a lot of silence. And you pointed out, and other callers have, that their family members never wanted to talk about it. And that would have been, I would imagine... PSD, or as it was initially uh, described as shell shock. Yes. Jim, I thank you for the call, sir. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. We'll come back, and uh, when we do come back, we're going to be speaking with Carol Dedelli. Matthew DeGroot, already uh, after 10 months after being declared not criminally responsible in the killing of five young people in Calgary, he's already being directed to our privileges being restored to him. And just a few weeks ago, we spoke with Carol who saw Vincent Lee, or as he's now called, Will Baker, the killer of her son, Tim McLean, set free. So Carol has communicated with some of the families in Calgary. She'll be talking to us about these efforts to move DeGroote closer to freedom right after this.